This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Namai, Hari Mai, Kiaratanakwe, Free of Him, 89.0 Independent Community Media. We'll get straight into it. Breaking news the government will shift the entire country into the red light uh, setting at 11.59 pm tonight. The Prime Minister has announced in the last hour of her media conference the ups, uptick in settings comes after the government discovered nine linked cases of Omicron in the community without a link to the border indicating community transmission in Auckland and possibly Motueka. Ardern said New Zealand should expect to be in red for some weeks as the outbreak was still quite new. She went on to say we don't yet have a clear lead in the index case that links this family to the border and other Omicron cases. It is known the um, family from Nelson Motueka in uh, Nelson, Tasman, they went to Auckland for a wedding. The places of interest on January 19, the Chemist Warehouse, Sky City Casino on January 18, Pack and Save Monocal. The Family Bar in Auckland and the AV Club in Central Auckland on around January 15. So those, that is the breaking news at the moment. And Adern reiterated, it is not a lockdown. We are moving into the red zone. So, good afternoon, Mel. Good afternoon, everyone. We are standing by for our guests today and I hope you will appreciate the range of people they represent coming from our cross-section of the community on Cosmopolitan News and Views. January 23, 1806, reformist British Prime Minister William Pitt the Younger dies in office this day. His first ministry, December 19, 1783, March 14, 1801. His second, May 10, 1804, until this day in 1806, he was 47. One of the youngest prime ministers in Britain. His last words, Oh my country, how I leave my country. Though Pitt's efforts, but sadly, sorry, through Pitt's efforts, but sadly, he didn't live long enough to see slavery banned in Britain and the empire. On Europe, on hearing uh, Napoleon's victory at Austerlitz in December 1805, roll up the map. It will not be wanted these 10 years.
FM 89.0 Independent Community Media The I better get the orchestra right It is the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra Conducted by Herbert von Karajan Hosts Jupiter The bringer of uh, jollity I vow to thee my country From the planet's sweet And of course other anniversaries The death of Queen Victoria And this week coming is the anniversary Of the death of British Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill is all happening in this coming week. And I think we're heading to the South Island, Mel. We are indeed. And to Gil, Jan Galanders is the retired Nelson nurse who will have picked up in the news the links between the suspicions of the pandemic reaching the South Island that is carried by a family with links to Nelson and Motueka. Do you know anyone that fits that description, Jan? Well, I've read about it. There's apparently a family of eight that travelled from Auckland to Motawaka. Uh, and they're being, um, they've been all identified, as far as I'm aware, of actually having Omicron. So, yes, so they're in isolation. I don't think there are any more in Nelson today. Ho- hopefully, the, yeah. t- the all the testing's underway, Jan, and hopefully fingers crossed that there may not be any more cases and the quicker yes. <laughs> the quicker out of the red um yeah it was quite well, a shock right. it was quite a yes, shock well, turn. well sorry <laughs> c- carry on yes i said they said it would be quick didn't they yes so the family were in Motawaka, and I, I, I don't really know much about them but i do know that in Motawaka there have been a lot of problems lining up to get tested and apparently some people thought perhaps that was a, a link between the omicron um, and all these Tongans getting tested. But in actual fact, they are the RSC workers on orchards that have come in. And they've spent five days in isolation on their orchards, which is what they're required to do. And then they're getting their test at day five. So that's not a link. Uh, but certainly the Omicron, we know that it causes um, a lot of people to be sick at the same time. And while it's, it's fine for me because I'm retired, um, and I, so I can continue with my job, which is collecting the pension, uh, but people who are working in supermarkets and hospitals and petrol stations and that, if they can't all show up to work, could be a bit of a crisis, I think. Well, uh, the Prime Minister said supermarkets will stay open. It, it's going to be normal, but we're going to be in the red zone, so only yeah. 100 people at certain events. Libraries will be still open, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. unless the council yeah. deem it's just too yeah. dangerous. So you might yeah. be able to get a book out in, in your area. So I was... Um, Ready, getting, we're getting the motorhome ready at the moment, and we were heading off to Tapuera, where the um, New Zealand Motorhome and Caravan Association's largest annual event is held. Uh, it's called Music in the Mountains, and it's a, it, it just has entertainment each evening. Uh, and approximately, well, last year about 740 vans showed up to that, so it's around 1,200, 1,400 people. So I'm thinking that's probably off. <laughs> Yes, it forces these these changes yes. have forced on us as a community as common sense. 
to try yes. to stop the transmission and getting all together, Sorry. joyous mm. though it may be, could be followed by a lot of suffering. That, well, yes. Yeah, well, for those of us who do have a vaccination passport, it's life as per usual, but less than 100 people um, can come to our house for a party at any one time, I yep. Well, on uh, this Friday coming, I'm off to get my booster shot. So have you had your yep. booster shot yet? Yes, I have, yep. I, um, I was actually out in the motor home, and I had, it was six, um, six months to go, and I was at four and, a, four and a half or something when we headed off in the motor home. And um, by the time we got back from the trip, uh, I was over five months, and they were saying, look, if it's four months, you can come and get your jab now. So on the last day of my trip, which was the 5th of January, we just pulled in at Richmond on our way home, and I got jabbed. We yeah. wanted to feel that we had a, a cast-iron guarantee with the, those injections and the booster to follow that Correct. we wouldn't pick up the Omicron, but... It Correct. seems that it is capable of attacking the human, even though vaccinated. Correct. I guess we're trying to have a less severe illness. Mm-hmm. Which makes all the duration world, in which we can spread it as well. Which makes one great difference when it comes to treatment at hospitals. If patients yes. aren't so inclined to die when they can treat the virus... It means that there's not nearly the same call on emergency beds. This is well, a, might be, you might be as carry well on. as half the nurses, might be as well as a, a number of hospital staff are off sick at any one time. I believe in the UK, actually, they have um, the hospitals, the NHS, they have um, approximately 36,000 people off sick every day with their Omicron outbreak. That's 4% of their staff, and it's causing, uh, causing quite a bit of... Uh, yeah. Trouble. Yeah, I know. And Boris Johnson and his equivalent in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, has announced that uh, restrictions are coming off, masks not to be worn, and so <laughs> yep, we'll just have to wait and see. Hey, this is a, this is a silly question out of left field. Can you get both the Omicron and the Delta strain at the same time? I wouldn't have thought so because I, I can't see how you would. I think Omicron's going to. It's squash Delta out of existence because it's going to get you sicker quicker, isn't it? But it's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about that. I think one of them's bad enough, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> but, but but hey, remember, we've still got another... Th- there's the other one that uh, when it went... Um, when we all... Are, we, we, yeah, it's still probably hanging around somewhere too, so... Yeah, well, pro- well, you could argue that if Omicron is going to push it out of existence, that letting Omicron... Um, have its way would be a better way to go. Mm. Recently, we heard calls of of suffering from the South Island where business was threatened by the requirement that lockdown supply in what seemed a region of New Zealand that could afford to be much more liberal about enforcing the various well, measures. Col- that would be Collingwood, wouldn't it? Hmm. Yes, I know. Uh, um, I've been to that cafe, and um, yes, an, an interesting. And he's been that, he's been like that all the way through. He's only got staff that have not had the vaccination, and uh, he would only allow people who had not had the vaccination into his cafe. Uh, he would serve you if you'd had the vaccination, but you had to stay outside in his, you know, sunshine area or whatever. Um, Takaka is identified 
or Golden Bay is identified in our areas uh, as vaccine resistant. And there is a lower uptake of uh, ordinary childhood immunisations in Tākaka. There has been always. So um, I'm not kind of not surprised, but um, yeah, it's an interesting stance that he's taken. I think it's the wrong stance. I, I don't know why the police haven't uh, paid him a visit. He, he, yeah, he's yeah. he's broken some laws under the this health requirement that Dr. Ashley Bloomfield goes on about. So um, yes, he has. He's flouting them really. And he, maybe he wants to go to prison and meet uh, Tamati. Well, it's going to be interesting whether the police will move on his supporters outside Mount Eden Prison and tell them to move along because that's a super spreader if, uh, if I haven't seen one. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah. So we were speculating, I don't know if you've read some of the crazy ideas, but people are saying the vaccine can cause magnetism. It can cause you to become magnetised. I heard that the other day because we yeah. got these people on Talkback Radio and they ring up and say these things and the uh, old Talkback host presses the uh, dump button quickly. So <laughs> he, they, well, I, I'm, glad, I I'm glad that the yeah. media, that the media Talkback hosts are dumping these people off the yeah. radio. So. Yeah, because yeah. we need the proper information out there that the vaccine has... Um, a very, very low risk, very low risk. A sore arm, 70, I think over 70% of people have a sore arm. If you think that's a severe side effect, good on you, because that's probably about the severest there is. Do you think we'll ever be back to normal, Jan? Oh, I don't know. We'll be travelling again. It's an interesting question now. It's put a whole lot of things in, in uh, perspective, perhaps. Well, I, I become I become a pensioner in a couple of weeks' time, so I hope me when I re- reach the age of sixty five, everything is in place for me, and um, that uh, we can we can live with this pandemic because it it won't go away; it'll be hanging around. The new normal, right? The new normal. It's the it's new like, normal. Yeah. It's like the flu, the influenza epidemic of nineteen eighteen. It hung around for a long time, and um, yeah. And I think the plague lasted 10 years, didn't it? Because that precedes any um, any vaccination program. Mm-hmm. Because clearly it's... I think it took 10 years to wear itself out. It's contact with others that brings closer the possibilities of contracting mm. the virus. I yes. think that many people will resort to a more reclusive lifestyle in I the wonder. future because of the way this is imprinted on our minds yeah i'm Mm. yeah watching um chinese television again this morning before i came up here they had people in the audience they were wearing clear plastic clear face masks like like the ones before we are forced to wear but these were clear plastic because uh, the audience was wearing them i think uh, we should get some of them here in new zealand is it like a whole shield over your face? Or just no, no, it's not, the, it's not the shield over the face. It's, oh. but it's, it's over the nose, and it's, it's like uh, the mask Mel and I have wear, been wearing the last few weeks. Right. So it's transparent. They it is transparent. It. So. What's it made of? How do you breathe through it? Or has it got holes in it? Um, no, I, I, I didn't see the holes, but uh, 
But um, I, I, I sometimes feel suffocated having to wear a mask in a public building for yep. a few hours, and I'm glad when I get into the fresh air, take it off because it, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's not good. When the first one came round, I tried wearing mine while I was riding my bike, but I got in like angina from it. I couldn't get enough oxygen in. Yep. Yeah. Good to hear that you you ride a bike, Jan. I ride an e-bike, yes. I try and get around 100k a week on my e-bike. Is this a change in lifestyle? (laughs) Yes, it was a concession at at retirement. So I (laughs) traded in my my lovely bike that I'd ridden on the Otago Rail Trail and all around the place for, I've been riding for 10 or 12 years, and I traded it in. For an e-bike on my 65th or around about my 65th birthday. Actually, I bought it. I picked it up from the shop the day we went into the very first lockdown. Ah, so you're an outdoor type. I am, very Mm. much so, yes. That would have been ideal when you had the position you did with Federated Farmers. You were a a rural person with your skills in nursing that was applied to their particular role. That's right. Yes, um, understood. Understood animal health and uh, you know what, and some of the techniques that they use. I was actually able to use some of my nursing knowledge to help the farmers, like to help them get uh, medication out of the little glass um, vials that they come in with the the uh, rubber bung <laughs> and things like that. I had more experience with them than them. Very hey. useful. Nurses never go amiss. Well, if, if uh, are you Jan, are you going to offer your services to get with all these COVID tests are going to happen in the Nelson Mojueka area in the, in the next couple of days? Are you going to offer your services? Come out of do the voluntary. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not registered. I think you'd actually have to be registered. Mm. So I'm no longer on the register. I, I was class now as a trained nurse, but or uh, qualified as a registered nurse. But I'm no longer on the register, so I can't actually practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those things often shift boundaries when it comes to a shortage. Yes. Well, I worked in Australia as well as New Zealand, and actually with the first outbreak, the Australian uh, nursing fraternity, APRA, they sent me an email and said, well, we know that you're no longer registered in Australia, but it's only been so many months since you cancelled it, uh, and we're going to revoke that for two years so that you can come and help us. Very um, practical. And oh, I couldn't go because I couldn't go to Australia, but New Zealand uh, didn't give me the same offer. Oh, well, you'll, you may have to get on to Dr. Ashley Bloomfield and, uh, and offer your services. And, uh, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy your retirement, Jan. That's the main thing. Yes, definitely. So we, because we've got the, the events have been cancelled, we were going to singing at this Music in the Mountains thing, and then we were off down to Rangiora to sing at a country music festival. And they're off, but uh, somebody in one of our areas in our New Zealand Motor Home and Caravan Association has come up with this, a scavenger hunt. Because we are actually still allowed to be out on the road as long as we don't mass up into more than a, a groups of more than 100. So we've got this scavenger hunt that's going to take us through 37 towns in rural Southland, South Island, well, from North Canterbury down to Gore. Um, and so we're off in a couple of days to do that. And we've got to do things like you get points, you have to answer challenge questions and you get extra points if you buy an entry into a small museum, a chosen struggling museum to try and get us into. Uh, and you've got to take photos of your motorhome next to uh, landmarks 
and they've given us a special little icon thing that we've got to place in certain places and take photos of to prove that it was us. And I didn't borrow your photo, for instance. Oh, so I'm quite looking forward to this. I think it's mm. a very novel approach and a great way to, to um, give us something to do. Is there, a good, is there a good cash prize at the end? <laughs> you do it for love, there don't you? There are, actually, because the area, Area 76, North Canterbury, who ran it, who are running this, they were supposed to run the top of the South Rally and they got a lot of sponsorship, things like um, a return trip on the Blue Bridge to the North Island for two people in a motorhome and um, $50 and $100 fuel vouchers and stuff like that. And the, the, that rally was cancelled due to COVID. There's a surprise. Yep. So they've got all of these prizes and they, they're desperate to give them away because their sponsors have been very generous and they feel terrible hanging on to them. They're like, how can we make sure we give these prizes? You know, what can we do? How can we use up these prizes? So, and at, at their, um, they had a, a New Year's Eve rally, which we attended, and I actually won one of their prizes, and it was a $25 off a lovely meal in Kaikoura on my way home. Why not? Did you go, did you go whale watching at Kaikoura when you were there? No, but I would really like to do that. I would, yes. That's not on the ticket. I don't even think Kaikoura is on the scavenger hunt. But we start in Pine Beach, just above Kaiapoi, and it ends in Pine Bush, just below Gore. Very enterprising, you South Islanders, yep. it seems, Jan. <laughs> J- Jan, I think uh, maybe next week we'll get back in touch with you just to see a week on what is, what is happening with testing and uh, people getting jabbed, etc., etc. But you'll be okay. gone. Oh, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll find you. We'll, we'll, we'll. I'll always have my phone. <laughs> we'll find you. <laughs> you can track me down. I'll tell you how I'm doing with the scavenger hunt. <laughs> Jan Galanders, retired nurse of Nelson. Stay safe, please, Jan. Cheers. You, you both do as well. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye now. Bye. It is four minutes past one. If you've just uh, tuned in, breaking news, we go into the red zone from midnight tonight, 11.59. Well, sadly, COVID-19 has taken a toll on the entertainment scene. Meatloaf died of COVID-19 complications in the last couple of days. It has been confirmed. Lover's music. Big guy. Big heart. Movies from Rocky Horror to um, Fight Club and all in between. His greatest moment, you took the words right out of my mouth. This is the late Meatloaf.
Relief Meatloaf, and you took the words right out of my mouth. And, of course, the man who wrote that song, Jim Steinman, is also deceased. So, two great talents. Yeah. Around 69 movies he made, Meatloaf, and um, lots of awards. And he was about to do a television series. Sadly, he was he fell to COVID Mel. It's nine minutes. And coming up, we'll have another song banned by Radio New Zealand and uh, NZBC. Our next guest is Penelope Reichart Barrington. If we're up to fostering monarch butterflies, we need quite good defences against predators of the insect world and the humankind who even unwittingly bring chemical warfare to their world. Penelope, that sounds sad. What goes wrong in the monarch's life cycle with this outside influence? Well, I found a few years ago... Um, the contractors, I guess, that worked for the council, our local council in Ariwa, um, started spraying insecticides on the berms and all the grass edgings and anywhere around that there was, there, there was grass. And I was breeding, at that time I'd been breeding monarchs for oh, four or five years and I'd had a lot of success and a lot of butterflies and, and caterpillar. I was very excited about it. I'd, uh, um, my, my husband had built, an, well, he extended a contraption uh, to make uh, a, a butterfly house or a butterfly nursery. And I had pots with swan plants and outside, and, and also a door with a lock. And outside I had a lot of plants so that if I got caterpillars from uh, butterflies that laid eggs, I could bring the caterpillars in to protect them. But going back to the spraying, um, as I said, I had a lot of success. But I found that this awful smell I knew was insecticide. I started to get disabled butterflies. The poor little things, um, usually they couldn't, they'd be alive and healthy except for their wings. Yep. Well, I thought they were healthy, but they obviously weren't really healthy. Yep. So I had to learn how to, um, how to feed them because they couldn't fly. So I, um, I looked up, you know, in Google, which is so handy, yeah. what sort of recipes I could uh, cobble together to make it possible for them to, to live. Um, and oh. I found a good recipe. Yeah. Um, well, I used a drop of honey and uh, about six drops of water and uh, a little bit of orange juice, not orange juice, but uh, fruit juice, and one drop of um, very light soy sauce that's for the protein um, and very lightly warmed and I'd put it on um, cotton wool usually on the lid of a uh, roses well I had a roses a, a jam lid you know marmalade lid and they would uh, they would drink that up and they lived but not long maybe two weeks maximum and in the meantime I was really upset I went to the council and wrote in a submission about the problem and apparently I wasn't alone because that wouldn't have had any effect on them at all. But the following year, no insecticides were around. There was no nasty smell. So there might have been a lot of, I must have been a lot of angry people around who wrote in submissions. Which which council was it? Um, It was the local council in Centreway Road. Um, I, I don't know whether it's called Hibiscus Coast. Oh, yeah, that 
would come under the that would come under the uh, super council. So probably if so, all, 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 Auckland City Council. Auckland. Mm. But I, I I looked out of my window the other day cooking in the kitchen and I saw all these monarch butterflies hanging around the chrysanthemums and it looks so lovely. Oh, beautiful. It is. And, um, yeah, no, uh, it's it's interesting watching these monarch butterflies and other butterflies coming out of the chrysalis stage. It's, it's just science. Oh, magic. It's another thing I learnt as to how, how to... Um, how to know whether they, they were male or female. It was something I looked up again, and on the wings of, of the monarch... Oh, um, yeah. If they you know, on... It's just below where we'd say the waistline is. On each wing of a male monarch butterfly, there'd be a black dot. Well, it's quite a large dot, actually. And the female has nothing, just the ordinary beautiful um, pattern that's all well it's a straightforward simple way of distinguishing the sexes yes you seem uh, very resourceful coming up with that amazing concoction <laughs> that feeds <laughs> in normal circumstances healthy monarch butterflies penelope yes uh, this insecticide story though is biological horror oh awful for the sake of killing some grass on the road burn. Yes, yes. But then they killed more than um, butterflies and moths. They killed all insects. And I would think they would kill birds as well. Mm-hmm. Because the birds eat insects, crickets and other things, and they would die. And well, we sm- smell it. It's not healthy. Yeah. Well, I thought the Auckland Council were green. They um, this goes uh, yeah, this goes against what they said they were going to do and uh, get rid of insecticides. Well, I think they have now. I hope so. <laughs> I haven't smelt it since. So, are you looking out your window now? Are there any monarch butterflies around? Uh, there's two at the moment. They're busy laying. Well, I say at the moment. That was about ten minutes ago. They were laying eggs on the plants outside. But the problem is I've got wasps and not too many, but I've also killed about three praying mantises. So (laughs) there are a lot of predators, including ladybirds, that uh, go for the eggs and the wasps will eat anything. They'll eat any part of of the caterpillar or the egg. And even the chrysalis and the praying mantis will do the same. What about cockroaches? Any cockroaches around? There are cockroaches, but they don't eat butterflies or eggs as far as I know. They may eat eggs. I can't... I mean, I'm sure cockroaches will eat anything that's got protein in it. So this seems that this poor, fragile, harmless and so beautiful creature is up against it. It certainly is. Another thing I hadn't realized um, I read it somewhere not very long ago that we're so concerned about the monarch um, we don't seem so concerned about other butterflies but I guess we ought to be I can't concentrate on more than one but um, you know Isabel Harris who lives in Walkworth she breeds other butterflies too and she plastic plant nettles and things for them but I don't, I've forgotten what 
what butterfly eats nettles. It's something I'd have to check. I haven't seen any white butterflies around. Oh, yes, I saw one today. And, in fact, I see one every day. I think they're cabbage, aren't they, cabbage butterflies? Yes, and so, those who are raising cabbages in their home gardens right now don't want to see white butterflies. Will not be very happy. But what I hadn't thought of was we think about how beautiful they are and we we get swan plants, we go to the King's Plant Barn and all the Palmer's Garden Centre and buy um, swan plants to, to help with the breeding, but we forget they have to have something to eat the butterflies need food you know we're we're providing for the caterpillars but not for the butterflies so at that stage what are they eating at that stage um, well they've got all there's all sorts of um different um flowers that they love in fact i went to a place in um uh the gold coast and she, this lady had a, a very large house and it was filled with butterflies, all kinds of butterflies. And inside were plants, flowering plants. And she also had watermelon, slices of watermelon. And the butterflies seemed to love it. Yes. And they were all over the plants. Yep, they were into nectar. And they love nectar. Pink, pink and blue. Um, apparently, um, they're like a lissom. Aster, bee balm, um, catmint, coneflowers, cosmos, dandelion, honeysuckles, yep. all sorts, hyssops, marigolds. Uh, chrysanthemums? Uh, no. <laughs> Mexican sunflowers, lilac, and not lavender would surprise me, phlocks, and sweet william, primroses, lantana, blue star. Um, what else? Hebes, some kinds of hebes, echinacea, blazing star flower, bottle brush. That surprised me, bottle brush. Yeah, because uh, I've just checked with Dr. Google and um, they've got straw-like mouth parts, so they are restricted to a liquid diet. They are, they are. And it must be chemical-free and milkweed seems to serve many different species. So milkweed, what is that commonly called a swan plant? Well, I guess they're different, different milkweeds, but the swan plant has got the milk, and it is milkweed. And, and that's bitter. So it's it appeals to not to the eye. human, but perhaps to the taste yeah. of monarchs, especially, yeah. and their queens. Yeah, no, uh, milkweed is... Is latex like so? Um, yes, yeah, it is. yeah. I, I, I've, I, I remember as a kid having having a bit of fun with milkweed. So, but um, <laughs> so, how did you embark on this admiration for a specific species that stood out in your mind above all well, others? Well, I, I started as a young as a child. I lived in South Africa and. We had a 300-acre farm, and I, was, I had my parents, but I was alone, so I had to find out things to do on my own. My parents had a dairy farm. They were far too busy to look after me. Um, I mean, I went to school, but the hobbies, I had all sorts of hobbies. And one hobby, which I was totally obsessed with, was silkworms. 
so because I love insects and I love anything to do with nature, you know, animals and so on. And I just love these these uh, silkworms, but I didn't have a mulberry tree, so I had to go down and get mulberries from a mul uh, mul not mulberries mulberry leaves because that's their diet. So that's how I started. But when I came to New Zealand, I didn't really know much about monarch butterflies. Um, even when our children were at school, they learned more about monarchs um, when they went to school. One, my, my daughter Astrid went to a school, uh, her, uh, her children went to a school in, um, where was it? Yeah. Morgan Drive. Yeah. And they had a school, school with um, lots of swan plants and they had a lot of butterflies and so the children started breeding butterflies as well but I had nothing to do with that yeah. when I came to Oriva was my first ch chance of taking yeah. an interest yeah your your love of nature so you'll be you'll be uh, parked on your chair in front of David At Attenborough tonight probably possibly always always so my my neighbor Jackie had swan plants and that's where, where it started and I she used to she loved the butterflies Mm -hmm. She wouldn't handle the uh, caterpillars. She was terrified of them. But she loved the, she loved the actual... Yeah, um, can't, can't they hang on? That's their suckers at work, is it? The monarch butterfly. Uh, more than that, um, they seem to have a web under their feet. Yeah. So once they've got themselves stuck on the, you know, the, on the plant, they've got this little web that's got sticky stuff on it, and that keeps them on. It makes it yeah. so difficult to uh, transplant them, if that's the yeah. term. Well, I've got to be... That's another thing. They've got protective mechanism. If you try to pull them off the plant, they immediately curl up and they roll into a ball. So what I had to do, if, if they were running out of food and I wanted to transfer them, I'd have to very gently pull them up but keep my fingers in between their middle so they couldn't curl up. Ah. <laughs> You've had plenty of practice. I, I believe yes. that on a single day at your home there might be more than a hundred that were um, breaking out of yeah. the chrysalis. And yeah. um, there used to be that, but now this, this year has been our worst year. Well, we've yeah. lost more than 80% of all butterflies and moths worldwide. And this is the worst year for me. Yeah. So if it's not um, the chemical weed sprays, what no, might it not. be, Penelope? I've no idea, unless it's... I have no idea. Well, back to Dr. Google. It, uh, you're talking about silkworms. Roughly 3,000 silkworms are killed to make a single pound of silk. So, oh, dear. Yep, yeah. so they're they victims of... Exploitation. Exploitation, that's, that's the word. Don't get paid, you get killed. If you don't work, you get killed. And if you do work, you get killed. <laughs> I wonder, with the suggestion of um, global warming, whether back in the Witwatersrand of South Africa there might be on that dairy farm a different kind of insect world. I'm sure there are, yeah. Have I you been back? Did. I have been back several times. But... Um, it's such a sad place. I don't really want to go back now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I grew up on a farm, and it was a it was a playground. Of course, had to keep out of certain places. But you had fro frogs in the old troughs. You had all these butterflies flying around the bees, and 
yeah, nature's great in some cases. Absolutely wonderful. Does it vary around New Zealand, Aotearoa? These beautiful creatures are quite common to see in Hamilton at present, but you say that worldwide that's not the trend. No. At the moment, I've got about six caterpillars inside the butterfly nursery, whereas um, in the past I would have had, oh, I don't know, 25, 30, and, and more outside. And, you know, I was just... We had such a lot, it was scary, because you have to feed them all. But yes. now, I haven't enough. Now I've got two... At the moment, I've got one caterpillar on the turn. I say he's on the turn, because he's just curling up now. So, And probably tomorrow, he'll be in a chrysalis. And I've got one chrysalis. It's quite a personal experience seeing them endure the changes it must be very confusing to be an insect that is going through this metamorphosis yeah and they no choice they don't have a choice it's just <laughs> happening to them oh they're, they're, they're just teenagers coming <laughs> they are the funny thing is with the chrysalis you watch them wriggling from a worm or a caterpillar and slowly the green starts coming yes at the bottom and it goes up to the top. And then they've still got their pyjamas on, so to speak. Mm. And they, it's a little black, that's the skin that's left. And they pop that over yep. the top. <laughs> it's just arranged so yeah. perfectly to, to dovetail <laughs> with their surroundings. But, but, but sadly, they only live for three or four months. And then it, then it begins all over, to, all over again with another life cycle. Well, it depends, actually. Um People used to think they they only live for a few days, but they can live from seven to ten months. Um, especially, say in the autumn, if they've just pupated and they haven't bred, they'll go through the whole of the winter, and then they'll breed the following summer. Yep. Of uh, just looking outside our studio window, we've got uh, greenery around. I can't see any monarch butterflies outside our studio window at the moment, so. They must be all having lunch or something. <laughs> yes, they must be having coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem to have a very helpful husband, then. I do. Where very did you helpful. find each other, Dan Um, I met him on the ship coming out to New Zealand when I was sixteen, and he was an officer on the sh- on the ship. There's a cargo cargo vessel called the Hauptmann, the uh. Dutch Royal Inter-Ocean Line. Ship, sh- ship romance. No, it's a ship, but it was a cargo vessel. Yeah, well, a uh, shipboard got... romance then. Yes, it was. But the interesting thing was, um, my parents, my mother particularly, was anti-racism, and she insisted on coming away um, because she she said that her father told her everything would improve in South Africa, and the black and white will be treated the same and he said look my girl there's there's even um a black university so it, it must be fine but it wasn't it was getting worse <laughs> so she kept complaining to my father and he would keep his mouth shut because he didn't want to leave the farm and eventually she said there's nothing holding us now her, her colin um our parents are both dead 
and um, I'm, I've been thinking very seriously about leaving because obviously I can't fight it. I just get imprisoned if I complain. Um, people refuse to take our produce if I open my mouth. So um, I'm taking Penelope to New Zealand because I heard that was a place you thought had the most wonderful people. In the war, he met the New Zealanders, the men, and said they may, they were wonderful. Uh, he thought they were the best people he ever met. So she said, I'm taking Penelope in December, and I do hope you'll come with me, but if you don't, I'm going. <laughs> well, uh, what, 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 what year are we talking about? 1959. Yes, well, it was only a few years later that Nelson Mandela was um, imprisoned. That's right. The part of your name that seems to be an English derivation, Barrington, does that yes. date way back? You know the family history? Um, it, date back, it dates back well, a long way, but apparently our, my ancestors came from England and they came to South Africa in the 1820s with the 1820 British settlers on the ship Northampton. So we had Thomas, uh, Thomas Barrington and Diana Collin, and that was the beginning. Well, the Barringtons have got a have got a hall, Barrington Hall, in yes. Le- Leominster and Hed- in uh, Herefordshire. Yes, it's actually two Barringtons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one was a village, and there was another one further down south. I think mine was the northern one. Is it near Salisbury? Yep. Something like that. That's that's the one we came from. Well, it's uh, it's closed at the moment. I'm looking on Doctor Google. So yep, a lot no. of the, yeah. So while we're discussing families in the world of the monarch butterfly, are there differences of variety to be found in other continents? I think there are differences here. I think we have many different butterflies here but overseas also a lot but they're also dying out well that's sad to contemplate especially for a person who admires them at close quarters as you've done for years now Penelope apparently a lot of the berms are now cleaned up they um, well they have been cleaned up but I hope people are learning I've read that in some places people are learning to keep the wild flowers on their berms to, to feed the, the butterflies. Why the not? Uh, yes. The flowers are beautiful. They are. And um, ho- hopefully some some man or woman from the city council with their clipboard and uh, doesn't come visiting. <laughs> I'll take them on. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> Good on you. Well, there doesn't seem any reason to want road berms that are like bowling greens. No, it's silly. Thanks so much to Penelope Reichardt Barrington of Orewa. Keep keep uh, looking out. Keep looking after those monarch butterflies. And I'll uh, do my best. It's it's a pleasure. Bye bye. Twenty eight. Bye bye. Bye Twenty eight to two o'clock. Um, Barrington Hall. It's got a golf course there too. So uh, hope the Barringtons are into golf. Anyway, we'll have our next um, guest, but. Um, what song would you think that was banned by Radio New Zealand and the NZBC? Yes, it's on the list, 
and I'm going to play it for you right now. I'll keep you guessing. No, I won't. I'll play it. Right now. Well, this car is automatic. It's systematic. It's hydromatic. Why, it's a greased lightning. Injection cut up and chrome painted rods, oh yeah. I'll get the money, I'll get to get the money. With the four speed on the floor, never waiting at the door. You know that ain't no shit, we'll be getting lots of tin. Where's lightning? Go, where's lightning? You're burning up a quarter of a FM 89.0, John Travolta and the late Jeff Conaway and uh, Greased Lightning. I think uh, some of the lyrics were a bit dodgy, so that's why it was probably panned by NZBC and Radio New Zealand. Now, next guest, Mel. Jimmy Daisley is a company director for an earth-moving machinery company and has a vested interest in smooth and timely deliveries of parts and excavators. The business is based in Northland. He lives in a rural district at Paparoa, which experienced a prolonged lockdown along with the rest of Northland, though he could personally go to and fro across the border with Auckland on legal business. 
Now, does hearing the Prime Minister's announcement a couple of hours ago raising to red the alert level for all New Zealand on the traffic light settings make a difference for you, Jimmy? Uh, well, first of all, um, Happy New Year to you and Bruce. And um, It's a pleasure. Down there. Hey, Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> as they say in Scotland. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, seriously, Jimmy, um, it had to happen because uh, we've just got to stamp Omicron out. Your, your thoughts? Um, yeah, this had to, yeah, look, um, as far as um, being effect, affecting our business, I, I think it's actually all red makes it easier than the other system where we had to get tested every time we went over, to, uh, 72 hours, so we can travel more freely uh, under this red light traffic, but I do feel for all the other businesses, especially I think the hospitality people who obviously uh, have this limit on numbers everywhere, and obviously would affect their business. And also, it couldn't be at a worse time for our people in Northland is because it's the holiday season yeah. and all the um, influx of the local tourists, of course, uh, it may um, have some effect on some of their events, etc. Yeah, Hana, you'd be happy. He'll be back at the border tonight. Yeah, I'm not too sure if there is a border. They're talking about a border. Those borders, um, I have mentioned the border there. The border we found, you know, under the level four, level two, or whatever it was, level three, level two, into the super city. Uh, they did have a border up here for a while when they went to, mm-hmm. uh, I think Auckland yeah. was actually in level, I yeah, no. uh, was in a, uh, an orange traffic light and we were on a red, like I get so confused with them. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a border, there were two borders here. There was one at uh, a place called Mangaroda and another one at um, just north of Waipu, Ruakaka. Yeah. Uh, they, they had them for a few days and there was this big fear factor from Aucklanders bringing the virus. It seemed yeah. to be one of those things and uh, and they were going to stamp it and stop it but after a week I think they got sick of it yep. and they all went home even yeah. Honey went home. Well I did hear Honey on some of the news feeds this week he was unhappy that uh, Northland shouldn't have gone into orange so um, <laughs> well, he Northland. shouldn't be he, sh- he, should, he shouldn't be at their border anyway with his, with his um, f- gang members and all that and um, so ho- hopefully you'll be Habit across the look. Will we all be able to behave ourselves in the next few weeks? I think so. I think everyone's. Uh, I think everyone's done very well. To be fair, you know, there has been a few hiccups, but uh, uh, people may be getting over it. And I just wondered um, now that there's you know ninety percent of the people have been had their uh, vaccine, and now this seems to be a big push for the booster. Uh, there, there have been about a million people, according to the Prime Minister today, that well, 946,000 had the boost already. Yeah. So it seems to be a big push for that. The, 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 I think the fear factor has been waning. Uh, people have got over it, and this now is, is promoted again, maybe, and yep. um, maybe it'll get them back into their medical regime of um, yep. getting the vaccine done. I, I head to the local pharmacy on Friday for my booster shot. My day has come on the 28th, so heading to the chemist just down the road here to get my booster shot, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this uh, red zone thing will not last long and uh, the government will, and uh, the health department can get it under control. 
I well, according to the uh, Prime Minister, they uh, she she did say that it was going to be weeks. So I'm not too sure what what they've got in mind, but they they said four weeks. I think they were talking uh, minimum, and then maybe they might even have to. They haven't said anything about lockdowns, but then they thought they might have to have a lockdown. So they're really really pushing it and really getting you thinking about it. The interesting thing was then she said it was only a mild thing and you can take care of it at home. I'm not too sure life would be so much pressure put on the the New Zealand public again. This looks like it could be, in our history, the biggest economic challenge New Zealand Aotearoa has faced since the World Depression. What do you think, Jimmy? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, our parents, obviously, the ones uh, we've, we've been lucky. Our parents have lived through, you know, wars and 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 you, as you mentioned, the Great Depression. And there were a few others after that too. With um, you know the Rogernomic era, that wasn't very good. Uh, and before that, '67, I think it was. It was a bad time. And also, our parents have been through these what they call, what they call a pandemic, is the word or something. But, you know, we had TB, the big outbreaks of TB. We've had this flu uh, before, and I've mentioned it on this program before. Um, you know, in the little town in the Haikanga, six people dying a week. You know, that's, you know that, that hasn't sort of happened here yet. Uh, so our, our parents have had, you know, they had a, a hard time. Yep. So maybe it, is, maybe it is our time to get a jolt. Yep, no, um, you, you're thinking about history because I know my old hometown of Cambridge, they built a sanatorium on one of the hills around town that no longer exists. But uh, I've seen the photos of all these people sitting out the, sitting outside the sheds and recovering from whatever they had those days. So um, I think we are prepared for whatever comes and um, hopefully the doom merchants stay away. Well, the... the uh Nothing's really seriously happened so far. We've had two years, and, and sure, some people have died, 41 or 46 or something. Um, but, you know, the, they're promoting, there seems to be the big promotion on the vaccine, of course, and that's where I think this is to the booster, yeah. to get the booster going. And now I think there may be um, maybe a little bit of resistance um, to that booster by the people that have been double-vaxxed and they are a bit shy on it. Um, I notice on the MedSafe um, site there, there's been 45,900 complaints and 43,900 non-serious, but there's been 2,000 serious ones. And the deaths, um, you know, to 10 to 29, 7, and sort of 30 is about 30 to 50, 28, and then uh, my age and over 60, and then few of the old fellas about 38 so people may be just um a little bit more hesitant now they're a bit more research maybe and uh they're thinking and their, their jobs and the other thing is of course with the vaccine and as the uh, prime minister keeps pointing out it doesn't mean to say you're not going to get it and it doesn't mean to say that you're not going to pass it on well you, you'll be still working and uh trying to sell a digger to somebody and um Hopefully you get paid for it. And um... <laughs> oh yes, I, we the, the, nothing really changes for us. We we still carry on, and naturally, and you're right. I will be trying to um, sell uh, someone an excavator, and uh, 
the demand seems to be still there for for uh, that sort of machinery because obviously the economy is still internally growing. You know, the, the, the government announced, you know, they need lots of houses and our infrastructure. Uh, Northland alone has had an extra 19,000 people in the last two years, I think it is. So, you know, that's a lot of people. So it's a lot yep. of infrastructure even up here. So, and the Waikato would have experienced the same and yep. Coromandel, etc. I would say. So, Yes, I've I've been impressed in the last year or so with your far north mayor John Carter, the former national MP. He's he's been going all around his territory, um, keep keeping the feelings and help, helping people in need. And John Carter's done a great job. Oh yes, he's um, you know he he's been in the system. You know he was um, I think he was a fairly high. I think he was a minister of some sort or a. Speaker of a house, or whatever yep. they call junior whip, or something. Yep. They, um, you know, like he's he knows the system, so he has a, a big advantage there, and um, it, in Northland's area. So, yeah, and he understands the, um, you know, the 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 problems with it, with Northland. Or well, one of them is geographically, it's sort of long and narrow, um, whereas the Waikato, you're you're very. Um, say clump, you know, Huntley to Otrahonga or whatever, and yep. well, and uh, and the other side, and going the other way, sort of like a grip. But with Northland and like, eg, the the old getting back to the rugby days, the poor old rugby boys had to travel from Tihapuat, and you know they got a two and a half hour drive to go to training, and so um, yeah, it's it's got its geographical problems and the lay of the land. Of course, uh, we had. In one year, one year with slips and that, there was, you couldn't get to Kaitaia. Uh, number one highway was blocked and the side roads had slipped and, you know, like, so there was, our infrastructure came to a bit of a, our, sorry, our supplies came to a bit of a halt. So we do have our problems, but yep. he's certainly working on, on getting them right to you. Thank, thank you very much for joining us on uh, Cosmopolitan News and Views uh, this uh, Sunday afternoon. We've got, uh, I think, one more guest to go and then, uh, we have to kind of leave the building for a couple of hours. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, well, happy Delvin. new year. And uh, we'll catch up with you in the next few weeks just to make sure that um, Northern has been looked after. And there are some. Um, I, I miss Grant Robinson because I had to come up here. He was giving out some uh, financial information. And uh, is, there, is there more money coming to people? I, I missed that one. Yeah, no, well, look, I did too. I. Uh I'm look. I'm not sure. I'm sure they'll um, some. There's always some sector that gets money from somewhere. They, it's just up to the government to decide who's going to get what. And obviously, certain sectors of the um, of the industry of you know all businesses are hit a lot harder than others. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're obviously trying to to keep them afloat. I would think. But you know, I think there's something like twenty four thousand companies. Businesses have gone to the wall since it started in two years, which is, and you mentioned it before, it's just like worse than the depression, yeah. or maybe it is for some people. Yes, I've, I've seen I've seen the photographs in New Zealand history of the what happened in the depression, and um, uh, my grandfathers were around at that time, so I wonder what they were thinking. Anyway, Jimmy, have have a good uh, Sunday afternoon and uh, keep your spirits up. Oh yeah, yeah, no, always, always, always do that, and. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for you, Bruce, and yep. uh, all the listeners down there, and all the best until next time. Thank hey, one, one of these days when if everything gets better, you'll have to come and pay us a visit here in Hamilton. 
Oh, yeah, I'll clean up there with a bag of minties, no problem. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Have a, have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our correspondent from the north. Yes. And um, don't panic tonight. Just just behave yourselves and, yeah. So, yeah, 11.59 tonight we go into red because of uh, what's happened in Auckland and Motueka, Nelson, Tasman. <laughs> 10 to 2, this is Jeff Christie and Christie San Bernardino. I've been all around this great big world to Paris and to Rome And I never found a place that I could really call my own But there's one place where I know the sun is shining and I think And it's calling me a prophecy So I must get back to San Bernardino I remember when I was 16 my daddy said to me Travel around this universe until eternity But you'll never find that peace of mind that you've been dreaming of Not until you finally decide to come on home to San Bernardino Free of him, 89.0, independent community media That is Christy San Bernardino Well... He's the greatest train spotting fan in the world. He's been on Tahuya. He's he, he's a featured attraction now at uh, Frankton Railway Station. We're talking about Jidey Bowman. Hey, Jidey. Nine years old. What's new in the world of rail in Aotearoa, Jidey? You're a train spotter, so no doubt you're well informed. Yes, so Tahuya will be starting Monday the 24th of this month. 24th, that's tomorrow? Yes, it is. Are you, are you aboard on it? Are you going on it? Um, well, I am looking forward to it starting up, but I'm not sure if I'll be on the first run. So, this new Tihuia will be consisting of some new parts, including stopping at Puhinui Station, direct transfer to the Auckland Airport, and also to welcome you all back. Special deals Monday to Friday, kids 18 and under go for free. With a paying adult. Well, since we last saw you, you've um, you've become still doing your videos. Yes, I am still posting them constantly. And you got your own Facebook page. Yes, I do. Give out the Facebook page if they want to check on you. Would you like to give out your Facebook page number? Uh, so my so the name of my Facebook yes. page. So it's called Johnny Train Spotter Photographs. So this new Tihuia will also have new um, it will have new payment options. So so as as well as new payment op- options, it, they also have a new timetable. There's a first train departing Frankton, departs at 6:15, and the second train departs at 2:07 p.m. And departing the Scrant, the first train departs at 9:18 a.m. and the second train departs at 5:15 p.m. With the new paying arrangements, freight into the Strand with a B card is $18, and with cash it is $30. Well, we're we're going back into lock. No, I was going to say lockdown. We're going into the red zone tonight at midnight. You'll be you'll be asleep, so it won't affect you too much. Have you heard that the trains may be affected by the latest um, going into red? 
Um, I'm not aware that the trains will be affected, but most likely the train service will be halted until further notice. That, that, that is sad, but uh, hey, everybody has got to be looking after their health. Yes, it's good if everyone wears a mask. Um, even though if the train does still run, you have to wear a mask because we want all, obviously everyone on the train to be safe. Isn't it ironic, J.D., that just at the moment when Tehuia is poised to resume on the new timetable, then there's the doubt in view of the Prime Minister's yes. announcement as to whether it actually will leave tomorrow. So uh, one way to find out is to be does, on... It does depend where this new virus is. It depends where, which, where it is in the part of New Zealand. Well, so I, if it's in the Auckland area, then it will be definitely affected. If it's in the Waikato era, area in general, then it will be infected. Well, there are, there are cases in Auckland. That, that is why we're going into what's happening tonight and, of course, in Nelson, Mojueka. So play safe. Just, just think in a few weeks' time, you can get board the train and go, go, to, go and do some shopping in Auckland. Yes, most likely it will be halted. J.D. Bowman, age nine, train spotting. Well, it is coming up to seven minutes to two. We're going to change chairs and shortly we'll welcome our final contributor for the afternoon, our Hamilton correspondent, Mr Lloyd. Spirits in the sky. Good afternoon, Mr. Lloyd. Oh, good afternoon. Here we are in Code Red. You've got the t shirt to prove it. Uh, I see, uh, Bruce. Yep. Uh, I was watching uh, TV, and of course, Novak Djokovic has been kicked out of Australia. We all know that. Oh, boring. And uh, <laughs> what I saw in the sports news the other night, Nick Kyrgios. Yes. Uh, I, I think he lost against the Russian. Uh, played his usual pranks on the court. But what surprised me at the end, he, he was diagnosed a week ago with COVID. And he was shaking hands with the uh, spectators and he even shared a, a drink from a glass for one of the spectators. Well, what, why was he playing if he's only been diagnosed a, a week ago? Should he not be under some form of quarantine? Well, that is why... Um our, our friend from the tennis player got the nickname Dikovic uh, <laughs> in, the, in the media. I, I don't know why they are playing the Australian Open anyway, because it, it's, a, it's a super spreader. Well, especially if he's been diagnosed with it a week ago and he's out there playing and intermingling with the spectators at the end of the, game, at the, end of the match. It really surprised me that did. Yeah. And another thing too with... Uh, with nightclubs, if you've got a, 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 a sort of a passport, yes. to say you've had the uh, injections, yep. you can get in. Uh, whether you've got, you don't need to wear a mask. Why don't they have that at supermarkets? If you show them the, par, the, the certificate, 
you can walk around without a mask. If you haven't got the certificate, you have to wear a mask. I, I, I've, I've, I've got me, got my certificate, me pass under my t-shirt, and I, I said, "Do you want to see my pass?" He said, "No, we don't. We don't. It's not required." So. And I did hear from uh, Mr. Dwayne that there may be, uh, there's a crowd outside one of the pack and saves at the moment. So I hope people are not a pa- a panic buying this afternoon. Oh, I don't know why they keep this in their head. It's not going to be different than any, any of the other uh, uh, alerts we've had before. Hey, hey, t- today is a normal day. We can do what we like in the next week because <laughs> we're going to the red, we've got to wear your masks, but we're not going into lockdown. And I'm just I'm just waiting for all the doom merchants uh, to um, to uh, arrive and the talk. I'm glad the talkback callers, the talkback hosts, are, um, are dumping a lot of these um, people that are causing issues, telling that uh, the um, it's a, it's it's a poison. So um, well, that's that's right. I mean, I was watching the news the other night, ABC News, uh, overseas one in America. Person dying with COVID, never was had the injections. Pleading for those that hadn't been inoculated to have it because of foresight it was too late. Uh, she didn't have it, and it's too late, and she's dying. Well, that's it for today. We've had a very busy afternoon. How many guests? About six, and we've got through them all this afternoon. Hopefully, we will be back next Sunday, all all three of us <laughs> next week. <laughs> and thanks to all our guests this afternoon. Have a great Sunday evening and go home and well, the Harry Potter movies on tonight. Just sit down in front of the telly and watch Harry Potter or something like that. We'll do it again next week. I'll leave you with a Charlie Daniels band and the devil went down to Georgia. Catch you next week. Ta-da. down to Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome up your bow and play your fiddle hard, because hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold, but if you lose, the devil gets your soul. up his case and he said I'll start this show and fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow and he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss and then a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this
When the devil finished, Johnny said, Well, you're pretty good, old son. But sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, pick it out, though. Granny, let your dog back, no child, no. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.